This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yes. So it's the one we've been waiting for, the content you've been waiting for. Tom Crawford, welcome to HUFC Chat. Good to be here, mate. How are we? Yeah, all good, thank you. So before we get into the good stuff and all the content, unfortunately, my sidekick, um, Davo's not going to be on the podcast tonight for personal reasons, but I'm sure we'll get a lot of good content and um, the fans will enjoy listening to this one. So let's go right back to the start where it all began. I guess, firstly, how did you get into football and was it always your dream to be a professional? Uh, yeah, it was always always the dream to be, be a footballer. Um, I think from a young age, uh, you're, just, you're just in and amongst it with your, with your pals. And I think, yeah... Yeah, my dad had a lot to do with it as well, him being a a, a big football fan himself. So yeah, he showed me the way really in terms of that sort of stuff. And um, took me to a few games when I was younger. Um, and yeah, just fell in love with it as 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 you do as a kid. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about your dad and the influence he had. And funnily enough, one of the first questions comes from Jill on Twitter and kind of ties into that who has been the biggest sporting influence in your career and why and further to that did you have any role models in the footballing world as well uh, I'd say yeah my dad showed me the showed me the way really um, in terms of introducing me to to the game sort of thing and then the love the love of football just just grew from there really I just didn't ever think I'd do anything else yeah so in terms of from a young age, my dad was a big part. Um, and then in, in terms of influences football-wise, I'd probably, in, in terms of player-wise, I'd probably say Gerard was a was a big influence for me. Obviously, it's an obvious one. But um, yeah, as I'm a Liverpool fan. Uh, he's sort of like an icon, idol sort of thing that I sort of looked up to when I was younger. My dad loved him, I loved him. So it was sort of... Uh, Sort of, sort of went that way, sort of thing. Yeah. So in terms of influences, I'd probably say, probably say them. Yeah. And another question from one of the fans, Neil Rumbles asked, 
who, I mean, you've kind of touched on it there in terms of Liverpool, but has that always been Liverpool for you since a kid? And, and you know, I guess we can claim you're a pulley through and through now as well. Oh, yeah, definitely a pulley, yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, Liverpool fan since I was, since I can remember, really. Uh, my dad's been a Liverpool fan all his life, so you, you usually follow your footsteps of your old man. So, um, yeah, just sort of... Uh, just took me to a few games when I was younger and I loved it and fell in love with the club and obviously they're a huge club but uh, not as big as uh, not as big as Liverpool. <laughs> so before we do talk about signing for polls, if we look back at your career it all started at Chester didn't it? I know you made 17 appearances in all for them with one goal and, and went on to Notts County in 2018 but how did Chester influence you and was it tough to leave the club? Oh, Chester was massive. Um, Chester was massive. Um, they're two mile away from my house in terms of distance. They're my local team. I grew up going to their games as well in terms of like after school and stuff like that. In my, in my spare time, I supported Chester as a youngster before they actually folded. They were originally Chester FC and then they folded when I was actually in the academy. So I had to leave Chester as a youngster because of that. And then obviously they um they come back as Chester FC and again it's a huge part of where 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 I've come from and who I am now in terms of how I've built as a player and my persona and stuff like that and how I've just kept myself kept myself grounded. The people there are unbelievable. Um still a few faces there now that that were there when I was there. Just a huge, huge club that hold a very close place to my heart. Yeah, and then as I said, you moved on to Notts County. And if the stats are correct from the research I've done, which I'd like to think they are, you made 15 appearances, grabbing three goals. What, 40, and, 40 goals, was it? 40? And, and then there was also a loan spell at Fylde in January 2019. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, and you actually bagged two and ten there, which is pretty impressive. Do you reckon you used up uh, your career goal <laughs> allowance before signing for <laughs> I know. I think I get like three, three every two years. I'm allowed, so I try and like, yeah. No, um, you know they are right. The stats, yeah, they are right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that's come off. But this is where I think we will grab the most attention off the fans. Your time at Pools. We'll touch initially on signing for the club and work through your time so far, which has seen 43 appearances at the time of recording. Of course, that one goal, which came a couple of weeks back, but we'll give that its glory later on. Um, let's go right back to signing for the club in 2020. You know, what did you think of Pools and what attracted you most um, when you signed? Again, massive, massive club. Um, just looked into sort of... The, you don't really need to look far, to be honest, in terms of the history of the club. It's an absolute massive club with a huge, huge fan base, which was, which was big for me coming in because I like people that are passionate about the club and and sort of um, stick with the club through thick and thin, sort of thing. Um, I like that. I like that way that the clubs do it in terms of the fans are massive, massive part of what they do. Um, and obviously you see that week in week out with the fans they're absolutely unbelievable and uh, yeah the club was just really 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 good and really keen on getting me in so it was a no-brainer really 
Yeah, I guess it always, you know, attracts you when there's when there's that support base there. And also, as you said, they were keen to get you in. And I guess the next question kind of follows on with that. You know how much last season meant to our supporters. Let's fast forward to that point now. And perhaps you can talk us through the playoff campaign specifically. How was the confidence, you know, heading into that campaign? And in all honesty, was the belief there that we could get the job done? Yeah, definitely from 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 my point of view in terms of Going into the campaign, it was it was um, we were all pretty confident. Well, very confident with the way the season had gone. We'd done very well in the league. Um, I don't know how many games we we ended up losing in the in the in the league. I don't know if you know. No, it wasn't many. No, yeah. So in terms of confidence, we were all confident. Um, we just, I just didn't really see us see us losing. In terms of like, I just didn't picture it in my head. It didn't come like I didn't ever feel like we were, we were gonna lose a game. So it was it was never really in doubt in my mind. Yeah, and as as that playoff campaign went on, obviously the beliefs and the hopes were building amongst us as fans, and I'm sure the players as well as you've touched on. Did you feel that pressure from the supporters with this, or was it just a case of you know heads down, get the job done? Um. You don't you don't particularly feel it when you're when you're engrossed in in, in game sort of thing. You you can feel the tension, of course, because the club wants to obviously go up as well as we do, as well as the staff do, as well as everyone involved in the club does. There's a pressure in that sort of sense that you 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 sort of you're fighting for everyone really. You're not just fighting for your teammates and you're fighting for people on the outside sort of thing. But um, yeah, uh, it was. It was um, it was a good campaign. Yeah, and we take it to Stockport now. Stockport away, Oatsy bags the winning goal. Is that when the reality set in that we were so close and that this could just be such a huge turning point for the club after the troubles that we've had over the past few years? Yeah, definitely. When um, when Oatsy scored, it just felt like a big sigh of relief. Um, I know there was a lot of a lot of game to be played in terms of the match, but. It just felt like there was something special happening and that really was going to go our way and we were going to have that that day that we had, that we ended up having. So, yeah. So, before we actually get to the whole occasion of the playoff final, you know, the build-up to that, when we secured um, our place there and the fans were camping out for the time that they did, you know, what did that mean to the players? How did they see it when we saw supporters camping out for 15 hours plus? It was unbelievable. I remember when it was happening, all the lads like looking at the phones and Ollie Paula tweeted and we were like, what's going on here? Like there's actually people camping out to get tickets. Like, and all the lads were just like, couldn't believe it, gobsmacked. I, I was the same. I couldn't, it's absolutely crazy to 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 think that people were camping out to just to get tickets, and then you sort of realise it sort of sink in, it sort of hit you that it was just big. It was just bigger than your average your average game. Do you know what I mean? Um, it was there was a lot riding on it. Maybe that that built up a little bit of pressure in terms of people are camping out to get tickets, and we're we've got we've got to go out and do the business sort of thing. But now give us extra extra motivation I think more than anything because if they can do that and they can camp out for tickets to see us then we, we, we should we should do whatever 
Yeah, I mean, I tell you what, it was a very long fifteen hours. It was cold, but I've made some of some of my best mates <laughs> now. Um, so you know, it, I could imagine wouldn't have changed it um, for the world. No. I guess as that week went on, can you just talk us through what it was like being in the playing staff and around the training ground in the build-up to Bristol? Yeah. It was it was good. There was an excitement about the place. Um, lads were buzzing. We were obviously thinking about thinking about the fact you th- sort of think ahead instead of like the games in front of you, you think, oh, when we get there, it'd be, un- be unbelievable. Like people staying over, doing this, doing that. Do you know what I mean? And you start thinking ahead, but then you back down to reality when you're playing Bromley and stuff like that. And you, you've got you've got business to do before you get to the end goal. But it was uh, there was just a sense of like excitement and buzz, and maybe we can actually achieve something unbelievable here. So we then get to the day and the night before the playoff final. How was it to see the police take over Millennium Square? I guess, you know, the lads didn't really get much sleep, did they? No, mate, exactly that. Um, again, just pure excitement. Just thinking of the whole, I'd say, 72 hours from before and after the match was absolutely, like, words can't describe feeling in terms of, like, I couldn't tell you what I felt like before during and after it's almost like a blur it was that it was that good yeah I mean that might kind of hinder the plans for the next question but obviously the big day arrives 21st of June can you just talk us through that day the pre-match the game itself if you can really remember much and how did the players pick themselves up after that setback of a 95th minute equaliser you know what mate I can't even I can't even picture what I was what we did before the game honestly we were in some sort of hotel, eating pre-match as we usually do for an away game. Um, but yeah, the actual game itself, um, it was just we. In terms of me, I, I just I just felt like going into the game, and my missus actually says this herself because she was coming the game, and we just say like it never actually felt like we were going to lose, like that was that wasn't even on the cards in terms of happening. We were going to that game and we were going to win and we were going to have a party after. That's what. That's how. That's how I seen it. That's how she said she seen it. She was like, "I can't actually picture going to this game and actually see uh, like you're losing." And that's how. It, that's how it did feel. And she got it bang on. And I mean, when that when the keeper flicks it in, you almost think, "Oh, maybe <laughs> maybe it isn't going to be our day." But yeah. The way we won it in the end was was far better than winning win it in the 90, I think. I think the way it went, it was all just meant to be. Well, I can't imagine what the players um, were feeling, but I know personally, I've said this to a lot of people since the playoff final, I had four heart rate warnings off me after I watched that game. It was literally <laughs> through the roof. When, when, the, when Kovalan equalised, um, you know, the ground was starting to move. I was dizzy. I was like, I can't believe this because... I don't know whether you know, back in 05, we had that playoff final against Chef Wed and obviously it was kind of a bit similar. So all of us were a bit nervous for that. But it was obviously so satisfying to see that smirk wiped off the face of Lucas Kovalan. Did it affect <laughs> the lads taking the spot kicks, you know, the way he was giving it biggins every time someone walked up? Oh, I've not really asked the question to any of the lads, really. But by, the, by watching the penalties, it didn't at all. Mm. It just... It just made them 
made them take them better. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the penalties were absolutely unbelievable. I don't think he could have got anywhere near any of them. The lads all stood up and and were counted for, and they were absolutely unbelievable, all of them. Yeah, I mean, you you, don't, you never ever forget moments like that as a player and as a supporter. And talk to us about the scenes and the emotion following that penalty save. You know, the fans running on the pitch and the reality of Pulls being back in the EFL. I'll personally never forget. And I know being at Palace away um, with you, Mrs. Actually, she said, I recognise you. And I was thinking, how do you recognise us here? And she sent us this video, and I think you were one of the first players I ran to. It was just like emotion everywhere, wasn't it? Just talk to us how yeah. that was. Well, I think that's how COVID got passed about the first time when it went round the squad, if I'm honest, because I must have hugged about 30, 40 strangers, but they were all poolies and no one cared and it was unbelievable and everyone was everyone was beaming. There was things flying everywhere. There was people flying everywhere. It was just unbelievable. And that, that feat, that euphoria that I felt at, at Buse missing, well, James saving Buse's penalty was uh, unbelievable. I don't think I'll ever feel if I feel like that again. I'll I'll be I'll be very lucky because it was unbelievable. A night that's never ever going to be forgotten. Millennium Square. Did you enjoy it? I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think the whole squad enjoyed it. Um, they all came in drips and drabs, didn't they? I think me and Schultz were the first there. We uh we sniffed it out first, and then we sent we sent a couple of messages to the lads saying you need to get down here because it's gonna it's gonna get pretty heavy soon. But yeah, it was unbelievable, and honestly, that that night was was probably up there with the best I've had, best nights of of my life. It was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you'll have seen this from a lot of people but it just really brought the town together you'll have seen that from the parade afterwards with you know getting up and things it, it was just a day that was it just made you proud to be a poly whether you're from Artlepool whether you're you know from different parts yeah. of the country everyone was just united again and, and it really felt from that moment that we'd got our club back and it, and it was absolutely incredible and you know, if we move on to this season, we've got a lot of fans' questions, which we'll put to you later on. But yeah. I want to touch firstly on the FA Cup. Perhaps you can just paint a picture about what it was like in the dressing room as we kept knocking out teams from higher up. And, and then that day at Palace, I mean, just how special was that? 4.7k pulleys in the capital. Premier League club that, let's be honest, couldn't have treated HFC any better either. Now, in terms of the FA Cup, that was that was an unbelievable run as well. Um, I know we've been flying in the cups this year. Obviously, Wednesday night we've got still, but the FA Cup itself, it's just again unbelievable. The lads were the lads were playing out the skin sort of thing and mm. and doing what it what it took to beat these big teams. And we we just sort of get in the changing rooms after when we just sort of sit there like oh, another one took another one chalked off and. It was weird sort of thing. There wasn't, there was never any really, really apart from Blackpool probably where there's celebrations and stuff. We were just like, yeah, choking that, choking that one off, choking that one off, choking that one off. And we just sort of got, we ended up obviously playing Blackpool and beating them, and and then you really starting rubbing your hands together and you think, oh, we're gonna get a big team now, a big time. We did. We got Palace, and like you said, it was it was quality. Um, all the Paulies 
that that came. Obviously, the ground was was pretty much sold out. Twenty five thousand odd, I think it was. Um, but yeah, and as you say, Palace, they they were absolutely class with the, with the way they treated us. The gaffer, obviously, mm. for his wife, um, putting on the 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 bus for the fans, just 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 treated us with the utmost respect and just treat us like family really and they didn't they didn't have to do that they just that just paints a picture of what type of club they are yeah exactly it was it was brilliant to see how they were and how as you say how much respect they showed um to us as a club and, and it just made that extra special um you know you'll have known that the Wembley talk was coming Tom you, you just touched on it there we're one step away from that What's the confidence like amongst the lads heading into Wednesday, having knocked out Bolton and Charlton, and then picking up three points against Harrogate at the weekend? Confidence surely must be high for this one. Yeah, definitely. I just think we've got to treat it like we have the other games. I know Rotherham are absolutely flying. They're doing very well in League One. Um, and they're going to be a very good team, but we've, we've beat very good teams this season. We've... Obviously, we had chances against Palace. We did we played some good stuff against Palace as well. Do you know what I mean? We've just we've just got to go with the utmost confidence that we can cause another upset because we're, we're so close and we've just got to give absolutely everything on Wednesday to, to get a result because I don't care who you are. If you come into you come into Hartlepool, it's going to be a tough afternoon or a tough evening. Yeah, and this is something that we haven't had for so long. We haven't had that um, factor where teams have being afraid to come and I think that will play a big part you know it's sold out that was announced today over 7.5k going to be in the Vic Northwest Corner have got the big display that they're planning the excitement must be incredibly high once again just like the fans um, for another special night under the Victoria Park lights but again it's one of those that you want to get your head down and get the result Exactly um, a full stadium means that it's going to be a tough afternoon or tough evening for Rotherham that's all that that means to us, and it means that the twelfth man is, as it always is. But yeah. like I say, it's just it's just got to be another another cup game, and we're doing very well. So we just got to believe in ourselves. No, exactly. And now we've talked about the team's success in the first season back in the FL. Let's focus a bit on you. How much have you been enjoying getting more of a run in the team and getting plenty of minutes? I mean, you're a fan's favourite now. How does that feel? Feels very good, mate. Yeah, feels very good. Um, I've waited a uh, waited a long time to get sort of my opportunity to to show people what I can actually um what I can actually do, and that's all down to the gaffer really giving me a, giving me an opportunity and giving me a chance. And I try and take it every time he he hands me a hands me a start sort of thing. And I just wanna I just wanna keep keep pushing myself and keep pushing boundaries and see how far I can see how far I can take myself. And obviously. Um, and that comes with with starting games, and obviously I want to add more goals and more assists and stuff to my game, which which I'm working on and getting in better positions to score goals. But I'm just loving it at the moment. I'm I've never loved my footballer as much. I'd probably say since turning a professional footballer. Well, that's brilliant here, and I mean, amongst the whole fan base, like you've completely. You know, seeing you in midfield and seeing you thriving with the confidence that you're playing with, it, it's absolutely incredible um, to be able to see that. And you really are proving yourself um, to the fans and, and it's fantastic. So the final part of this sit down with you, Tom, will be the fans' questions. I guess it follows, on, 
quite nicely. Bailey Winwood, first of all, has asked, what's been the funniest moment that's happened whilst you've been at the club, whether that's been on the training pitch, dressing room, bus trips? Are there any that spring to mind? Ooh, funniest moments. Hmm. You might have to come back to me on that one. Right, we'll, we'll go on to the next one. We'll let you thing. think about that. Um, and the next couple come from the supporters' trust. They relate to you getting more minutes, like we just touched on. Firstly, do you have any targets for the remainder of the season? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I want to. I think I'm on forty. I think I'm on forty-three appearances. Forty-three, yeah. Yeah, I want to try and get to fifty appearances for the club um, by the end of the season. I thought about that one a lot. Um, and obviously, the obvious ones are more goals and more assists. Obviously, I scored against Sutton, and that was unbelievable, the feeling. And I want to feel like that more. So, it's just extra motivation for me, really. Yeah, the second question that they ask kind of follows on from that, and, and you've touched on it yourself. Is there like a preferred position you have in a particular system that suits you? And they're just thinking about uh, when we have to build a team around you is how the tweet finished. <laughs> um. Preferred position, I'd probably say the position I'm playing now. I feel like I can I can do sort of a bit of everything where I am. I can sort of drop deep and maybe play a little bit and then get up the pitch and try and get on the end of stuff and, and make stuff happen. So I'd probably say the, the position I'm in now um, in terms of being like an all-round all sort of midfielder. So we talked about your goal scoring record and I know you personally admitted to me about the fact it was about time you bagged when you did against Sutton. It's <laughs> evidently been coming and Hugh Hutton and I'm sure many others are wondering, what was the feeling like to score your first goal for the club? I can't put it into words really. It's obviously good scoring a goal regardless in any in a, in any game really, but when it's your first and it's in front of your home crowd and it's at the Vic and it's packed and they're being noisy, noisy as usually are and it's at the northwest, northwest corner end and they're going mad and it's just an unbelievable feeling really and it's one that I can't or I won't forget in a, in a long time. Luke Bell's asked about your best moments since joining the club and in addition to this, is there is there just one favourite or are there quite a few? Playoff final is an obvious one really. Um, I'd probably say the playoff final, the the moment, obviously, James saved the penalty and running on, that sort of feeling I don't think I've had before in my whole life. Um, and then I'd probably say the night after Millennium Square. No, that night, sorry, Millennium Square, where it was just absolute pandemonium. And that was probably, that was something that I've never seen before. And I don't think many people will see that because that's just, that's just sort of the stuff that, poorly seem to do mm. you've hit the nail on the head there uh, so as we head into the last few questions Dave Frank has asked which is the best ground you've been fortunate enough to play at and, and is there any that you'd love to play at in the future well I hope after Wednesday I get to play at the stadium again because I've played there a couple of times but it just doesn't get it doesn't get any worse when you go there do you know what I mean it gets mm. better it just gets as good every time and it's Wembley I've played there two or three no, I've been there three times I think but a fourth one won there and uh, hopefully after Wednesday that the boys can get the job done and we can go there again um, and obviously pack it out with some poolies and that'll be that'll be class 
I guess Anfield must be on the bucket list for you. Anfield is on the bucket list, yeah. But um, I don't know how we're going to get there. We'll have, to, we'll have to see. Well, we'll just keep climbing the leagues or we'll get them in the yeah, FA we'll Cup keep, next yeah. season. It'll be yeah, all right. Hopefully. I was and, praying for them in the FA Cup. I was, I was, had my fingers crossed. And you got Palace instead. But I mean, it was pretty, it was a good no, It was unbelievable. Wasn't? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm sure you'll have seen on Twitter, I've talked about tweets and, and fans tweeting about you and stuff being called the Chester Iniesta. I mean, how does, <laughs> how does that feel? And on a scale of one to 10, Daniel Hustler has asked, how much do you love Hartlepool United? Well, the Chester Iniesta is, is a great name, I'd say. It's a great name to be called, I suppose. Um, yeah, I love it. I love it when anyone obviously says it. It's, it, it's good to be, to be associated with that sort of player because, obviously, an absolutely unbelievable footballer. So well, how, how can you not like it sort of thing? And Obviously, I love the club, love the club massively. Everyone can see that when I'm, when I'm playing. I just give my absolute all to the club. Um, I just love playing at like home. I love playing away because the fans follow you. The fans are always packing the stadium out at home. So it's just a great club to play for and I absolutely love it. Well, it's great to see that you're enjoying your football so much. I know I touched on about, um, you know, the funniest moment, but perhaps if you can't think of a funniest moment, I'm sure a lot of fans have seen your Instagram stories with your car share with Neil Byrne and people like that. I mean, you seem to have such a bond. There must be, you must get up to some stuff. I see Neil Byrne more than my girlfriend. I see Neil Byrne more than anyone in my whole life. And he says the same about me. We're just like, we're just joined at the end because we're always traveling together. And it's just me and him nowadays. We used to have a full car score, obviously. The lads that were on loan went back to the parent clubs. So now it's just down to me and Neil. And we're, um, we're going to stick together. We're going to see it through. And uh, no, to be fair, Neil's class. I love him. So he's, he's a good car school member, really, even though he sleeps all the way when I'm driving. And we just, we just have a laugh. And yeah, it's quality. Yeah, I've seen that, um, something about, what was it, take me out or something, when you uh, came with your suit the other week, you'd put that oh, on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't but, remember yeah. what game it was. We were coming back from a game and I just looked an absolute state. And I, I think my buttons were like, my buttons were done all the way, like halfway down. I had my flickers on and I just, I was walking through the doors and he was like, oh, do that again, do that again. So he's just a joker, really. Well, that wraps up this very special episode of HFC Chat with midfield maestro Tom Crawford. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure and great to get more insight from yourself. All the best to you and the lads on Wednesday night and, of course, for the rest of the season. Thanks very much for your time. Really appreciate it. And to our listeners, keep the faith, back the boys, and as ever, never say die. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. 
Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.